glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Those scriptures are just so, so uh, wonderful in my soul. They're so blessed because I never thought of uh, having a challenge of going to the house of God with my brothers and sisters. I thought living in America, that would not be a problem. But this coronavirus has changed a lot of things. But wherever you are worshiping from today, we want to welcome you and we thank you so much for tuning in. One day soon, we're looking forward to you saying, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord, and that day is today. And we are hopeful that that will be next Sunday. Welcome to our broadcast uh, from around the world. We thank you, those of you who are from Africa, those of you who are in Asia, Europe, here in North America, South America, Australia, and the islands of the sea. We thank you so much for tuning in. I believe the Lord has something wonderful for you, and I would like for you to yield yourselves to whatever God does for you. Today, uh, Sister Stephanie Copeland is going to be leading the team in praise and worship. We want you to join us, and we want you to be blessed wherever you are. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to gather here in the name of Jesus and to stand before you and to give praise and worship to the one who so loved us that he gave himself for us that we might not perish but have eternal life, everlasting life. So we thank you so much, Father, in the name of Jesus. Bless everyone in the audience. If should there be any uh, impediment, any sickness, any uh, disability, anything that would prevent them from hearing and receiving, we, we pray in Jesus' name that it would be removed, that all pain would be gone, and that they would be able to sit in and worship and hear the Word of God. In Jesus' name, amen.
only this I see. Oh, just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. And this will be my posture, laying at your feet. Oh, just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. Dearest Father, closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful, you are. Dearest Father, closest friend, most beautiful, you are most beautiful. That's one thing I desire, and only this I'll seek. Oh, just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. And this will be my posture, laying at your feet. Oh, just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. Father, father, closest friend, you are most beautiful, you are, you are most beautiful, dearest father, closer than any other, most beautiful. There's nothing left my heart means to you. Oh, oh, oh. there are no words. There's nothing left my love seems to you.
closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful, dearest father, closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful, and there are no words. There's nothing left My love sings to you Oh, oh, oh. There are no words There's nothing left My love sings to you Oh, oh, oh. There are no words there's nothing left my heart sings to you Feel 
Lord God, we are so grateful to you for what you're doing in the midst of us. We so appreciate you and bless you. We're so, as I said, grateful and thankful, so pleased to be called your children. Thank you very, very much. Lord Jesus, we can't live without you. Everything that we do is for you. We're just grateful, thankful, appreciative. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. We, you saved us from, from hell. You saved us from this world's system. You've saved us from it, the grave, even death. You've saved us even in this hour of pandemic. We thank you for that. There's so many of us who brought us through this terrible pandemic. And so we want to just pray for uh, those COVID-19 patients around the world. Lord God, those who are, who are in Asia, Africa, Europe, here in North America, in the U.S., Mexico, Central America, South America, Australia, and all the islands. We just thank you for saving us from this. Thank you for raising people up. And Lord God, there are those who, who died of COVID-19, and, and we know some of them. Our precious sister who even sat three rows behind us, who, who saw you personally a few weeks ago, saw you personally. We all want to see you personally. But she saw you, and we thank you for her family. We thank you for Jerry's family, who, our sister, who has dealt with so much in, during this COVID-19. We ask you, Lord God, to, to heal all that belongs to her, all that's left that belong to her. Heal them, make them whole. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for our first responders, our medical doctors, our nurses, our nurse practitioners, our physician's assistants. We want to thank you for them and, and ask you just to bless them and protect them. Lord God, be their PPE. Be their PPE. Lord God, be their protective <clears throat> equipment. We, got, we want to thank you for that. Bless them mightily, 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 Jesus. Bless them mightily. And we want to thank you, God, for the firemen. Bless the firemen. Watch over those firemen. Bless, bless also the policemen, the EMTs. Bless them all in the name of Jesus. Everyone who, the bus drivers, those who are exposed to people at all times, even taxi drivers, we just thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for, for healing, raising up Coastalinas. Oh, Lord God, continue your work in Coastalinas. Continue the work in, in his family. Bless that family in Jesus' name. Bless the children. Bless Dom. Bless little O. Bless MJ. Bless Orlando and Elsie as they travel in the name of Jesus. We thank you for Glenda and ask you to heal Glenda. I thank you for continuing to heal our sisters and our brothers who have contracted this dreaded disease. We thank you, Lord God, for Mildred and, and her family and our sister as she travels. And we thank you for her, her close relative that you would heal her. In the name of Christ, we thank you. We also thank you, Father, for Sister Paredes 
and in the death of her husband, asking you to comfort her heart, strengthen her in the name of Jesus. Bless that family, we pray, in the name of Jesus. And we also, Lord, pray for the family of Robert Trump. Though we did not know him, we, we, we thank you for the first family and whatever they're going through, Lord, we just ask that you would comfort their heart, comfort the heart of the president, his, his children, those who lost their uncle. Lord God, comfort the bereaved today. Those of us who are bereaved today of loved ones, comfort us, comfort us, comfort us, strengthen us, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we also, we also pray for our nation. We pray for our nation that's so disjointed, that's just in, in the throes of death. We ask that you would help us. Lord God, we want you to hold America together so that we'll be able to live a peaceable life, a peaceful life of godliness, that we would be able to witness to people and preach the gospel. Have mercy upon us, we pray. Have mercy upon us, we pray. Have mercy upon us as a nation, a fractured nation, a nation that is in strife, a nation that is divided against herself. I ask you to have mercy upon us. I pray that we would stop taking sides with the left or with the right. I pray that we would, we would run to the truth. And Lord God, and we would embrace your truth. And Lord, sometimes it's been told us that the truth hurts. So whatever the truth brings us, it might hurt, but it's so, it is so helpful. And we give you the thanks and the praise for us, not only for our nation, but the nations of the world are in, the de in death throes. I pray for our brothers and sisters in Belarus. Lord, I ask, I ask that you would overthrow, overthrow, overthrow all wickedness, no matter where it comes from. Overthrow all wickedness, no matter where it comes from. Give us respite from this craziness, this madness, this insanity. Give us respite today as the people of God. And I further pray that the people of God would not be so divided. We are divided. And you said a house divided um, to, uh, against itself cannot stand, cannot endure. We give you the glory and the honor for that. Rescue your people. Rescue your people in the name of Jesus and have us all just run to you, love you, and bless you through Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus, amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, thank you so much. We appreciate those of you who are watching and we appreciate those few who are here and uh, we're just looking forward to seeing you next Sunday if everything holds well. Thank you so much for praying for us all the time. You're wonderful. You're absolutely wonderful. You're a blessed, and we want, to, want you to know how much we truly love you. We truly love you. And uh, every time we see you, we want to hug you. And this COVID-19 is so crazy around, we don't want to damage you. But I did see a brother today. We hadn't seen each other, and we had a big embrace. So you, you pray for both of us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Pastor Bird is coming. Well, good morning, everyone.
I have some tremendous news for you. Beginning next Sunday, we're going to have three services. That means you all can come in and sit among us. Of course, we're going to socially distance ourselves from one another, but we're having services live and in person. At 8.30, 10.30, and 12.30. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's also now time to give. I want to thank everyone for your giving, especially during this time of pandemic, because what you have done is you've allowed uh, the pastor and the headship to be able to help those that are in other countries that their prime ministers won't let nobody in and won't let nobody out. And so we've been able to, uh, to feed them and uh, help them. Hey, I just want to thank you for your giving. Please remember there's three ways to give uh, through text. 361-8386-2565. You can also go online to our website, uh, cccfellowship.com forward slash give. And uh, you can mail it in if you'd wish. There's also a fourth one, and we have a skeleton crew here, but you can come by the fellowship and drop off your tithe. We thank you so much for your giving. Now, the scripture tells us that God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, isn't that how God is? He always causes us to triumph, but that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. I want to tell you, and I've talked to many in the fellowship that this, this, is, our, this is our heritage. This has come to pass in our lives. Also, we stand on the scripture where David said, I'm old, but I've been young and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. Thank you so much for your giving. Thank you, everyone in the fellowship. I'm going to pray. Father, bless you. Everything we have is because of you. Everything we are is because of you. You, you, uh, you gave us the understanding to say yes. You redeemed us. You made us well. You saved us. Uh, you, you made us whole. Uh, we have a, a, a heart of flesh and a new spirit because you took out a heart of stone. Everything you gave us is because of you. And the scripture we just quoted here in the scripture says it's because of you. All grace you give us. All sufficiency for all things. That's who you are. I thank you and I praise you and I pray you bless the people of the fellowship. Bless those watching online in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.
Wow, do you appreciate that? Thank you. Thank you, Brother, Brother Johnny Marshall. We sure appreciate you, sir. Thank you for that. I heard him play, playing a bit uh, earlier this morning when we came in, and I was so blessed. I said, mm. I said some things to a Brother Nathan about his wonderful playing. And I, I know those of you who, who come from a church tradition recognize uh, that melody, and, and it blessed you. Yes, all you people who were singing and worshiping. So thank you again, Brother Johnny. Also, I want to thank Sister Stephanie for leading us this morning, she and the team. Uh, I thought they did a wonderful job of leading and our musicians. Thank you so very, very much. I want to just maybe jump right into the Word of God, if that's okay with you. I want to just jump right into the Word of God. Um, we have been teaching several messages uh, from um, the subject, If You Want to Be Great. I would like to say, uh, I'm going to jump right into the Word of God after I say this. How is that? Because, you know, when we preach these kinds of messages, I am expecting something to be stirred. And so I want to say that I'm, I'm not ignorantly preaching these kinds of messages, but I feel that the Holy Spirit is leading me to do so. And so whatever God tells me to say, I will say. And so I've, I've, uh, in my life, in my ministry life, uh, for our pastoral life actually, uh, we've had to say many tough things, but generally everything is smooth. It's like cream of wheat. It's not like the grinding uh, of corn, of a coarse corn meal. But, uh, but today I believe the Lord is saying something uh, different. He is not speaking so much figuratively to his body, but he is speaking uh, in a very clear and distinct way. He's not using figurative language because we have not gotten the truth and we have continued in our, our way, our way that was not and is not helpful. So I want to just, with that in mind, I want to just say that if I say something today that offends you, I want you to keep listening. I don't want you to shut your ears off. Don't close your heart. Keep listening, and then you will see my heart uh, and the heart of God as we do so. If you want to be great, I want to uh, reiterate some things. Paul, uh, or rather the scripture tells us, Jesus himself tells us, that every scribe that is thoroughly trained will bring out of his treasure things new and old. And so today I'm going to repeat some things that I've said, but I'm not repeating them treating you like little children, but I want you to get it. I want you to get this thing, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. I want to give you a little bit of here, a little bit there, and continue until it is thoroughly inculcated into you. So that regardless of how bad the times get, then you are fine, you are whole. Doesn't matter how uh, convincing the lies are, you are not deceived. That's my goal. Uh, it's like a parent whose child is resisting instruction and resist instructions and mom and dad have to be stronger. They don't quit because the child is resisting. They don't quit because the child is resisting. And so uh, let's look at the scriptures in Mark. Mark chapter 9, verses 33 through 37 will begin. Uh, we have also read those in the past. It says, Then he came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What was it you disputed among yourselves on the road? But they kept silent, for on the road they had 
disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. They were disputing. They were arguing. These are, as it were, pastors or apostles. They are arguing who would be the greatest. It says they had not really understood the message of Jesus. They had not even uh, uh, grasped his lifestyle. In the Spanish language, there's a verb, uh, enseñar, enseñar. And that verb means to teach. And of course, I read Spanish fairly well, but I don't always understand the spoken word. Somebody was using enseñar in a way that I thought, why are they using it that way? It means to teach, but it also means to show. And you can never teach what you cannot show. Jesus was showing them humility every day, but they didn't get it. So sometimes we need a good rap on the knuckles to get it. All right, so if this message is a rap on the knuckle, just take it. He says, okay, verse 35 says, And he sat down, called the twelve to himself. Uh, he called them uh, to himself, and he, and he said, If anyone desires to be first, if anyone desires to be first, if anyone desires to be first, I want to be first. I don't, I don't, I would, don't play sports for second place. Yes, when I was playing sports, I, I played for first place. I hustled for first place. When I ran a race, I wanted to be first. I mean, that's the goal. I know some of you say it's not uh, when, uh, winning or losing. It's how you do it. It's having fun. It's both. I want to win. Okay, so I want to be first. If anyone desires to be first, he says, he shall be last of all and servant of all. If anyone desires to be first, this is the position you should take. You should be last of all and servant of all. Now, listen to what Jesus did. Then he took a little child and set him in the midst of them, in the midst of the disputers, those who were arguing. Now, let me just say, you may not be arguing about who is going to be great, but there are other things we argue about because the church of Jesus Christ, the visible church, is very divided. It is very divided. It is very divided along political and social lines, very divided. It ought not be. It ought not be. I'm not going to ever stop saying that until I see a, a singular church, a one church. I know that there have been, I've heard preachers saying, well, we don't want one church because that's a sign of the end time and antichrist. Are you really serious? I mean, help me, Jesus. Everywhere we go in the world, we found that the church seems to be the same. I remember I've told you the story before, but I'm going to tell it again. Uh, when uh, my wife and I were living in Egypt with our family, um, one day we got into this taxi cab, and she said, she said, Don, that man's a Christian. I said, oh, girl, come on. 85% or more uh, Muslims in the country, and you're going to say that a man's a Christian? Oh, girl, come on. So she said, I'm telling you, he's a Christian. There's something different about him. And we went on. And Sadawat is a Christian. And Sadawat became our driver. It's amazing. He left the taxi business and became our driver. So there, there's something different about being a believer. It's not like you're not a part of some secular organization. If anyone desires to be first, if you want to be first, if you want to win, he says you must be last and servant of all. Serve everybody. Wow, serve everybody. Now listen to what he did. What he did. 
when he put that child in the midst of him, the Bible says, and when he had taken him in his arms, listen to what Jesus said. He said to them, whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me. So, so when you and I are being humble, when we are being last, when we are serving everybody, because he says, if you receive this little child, this humble child, this child who's willing to do whatever you want, he says, when you do that, you receive me. And whoever receives me receives not me. What Jesus is saying, it's not just me, but you're receiving uh, him who sent me. You receive God the Father. Wow. Isn't that great? You receive God the Father. You receive God the Father when you receive a little child or a servant among you. Well, I'm very careful about that in my life. Also, Matthew 18, uh, verses 1 through 4 correspond with that. These verses correspond with that. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child and set them in the midst of them and said, Assuredly, I say to you. Now, in the first, in the first one that I read from Mark, it says, When he had taken the child, he set the child in the midst of them and took the child in his arms. And so he shows you how much he loves those who are humble, those who are, are servants, those who are last. And he says, in, this, uh, uh, in, in Matthew's account, he says, Jesus called the little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly I say unto you, unless you are converted, unless you are changed, Unless you are changed, I'm talking about church folks, Christian people, people who sing uh, praise and worship, people who lift their hands, people who serve in the church. He says, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. What he's saying is like that old song, if you'll excuse me, ain't no way, baby. Ain't no way. Come on. So we have sort of, we have sort of made a, our own quote-unquote religion. We can't do that. Our own righteousness. So Jesus says in verse 4, Therefore whoever, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So he's saying that to those of us who are fighting uh, to be the big shot on the, the block. The, the big shot on the block. Now, I would also say that the disciples uh, would later on, they weren't learning very fast. And so we asked, well, why are these things being repeated? Because we're not learning them. Because we'll know that you know them when you practice them, right? When, you, when it becomes your lifestyle. The disciples would later rebuke parents for bringing their children to the Lord, even after he's told them. In Mark chapter 10, you're going to find that they rebuke people. God, no, take these children. Jesus is important. Jesus is for the big shots. No, Jesus was for everybody. Yeah, it didn't matter how high you were or low. But actually, the high-minded people, the people who were high and had a lot, lot of this world's goods, were generally rejecting him. It's amazing how many believers gravitate to that segment of, of society. We love that se segment of society. But James, the, 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 the Apostle James tells us that when you see somebody who looks like they got it all together and got a lot of money can help you, you don't supposed to run to them and despise the lowly. 
What if angels came in, in as, as lowly people? You know, they came in, because the Bible tells us that, that, that they're among us and we don't even know. So I try to be good to everybody. I would sure hate to get to heaven and some angel said, man, wow. Boy, you were some kind of dude. We had to work double time on you. I would hate that, you know, that, that I've made such a, such a difference. And sometimes, just to keep the record straight, I do something for those who uh, maybe are scammers standing on the street corner. Maybe they're scam scammers. But I do something for them anyway because I have to check my heart to make sure my heart is a lowly heart, a humble heart. And that's what God wants. I don't see that too often in the visible church. Wow, I'm not speaking of this particular fellowship because I see it a lot. I, actually, I do see it a lot. But, I, but it is widespread that we are not walking the way Jesus wants us to walk. But these disciples would rebuke them. But, but Jesus says, whoever receives one of these little children like this in my name receives me. So why should they have not learned? Why did they continue in their ways. Sometimes bad habits are hard to break. Sometimes bad habits are hard to break. So I'm, I'm saying to the church of Jesus Christ, we have to break our bad habits, our bad, bad habits. In Matthew 23, uh, beginning in verse 11, or actually verses 11 and 12, Jesus says, he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. So then that means that we have to look at things the way heaven looks at things. But we have been looking at things the way earth people look at things. We got saved. We're on our way, our way to heaven. But we're looking at things from the earthly point of view. That's not good, believers. That is not good, believers. That is not good. And don't be the first to say, not me, because you will be the very one. Don't ever say, not me. When the Word of God comes forth, the Word of God is going to find you. And if, if it doesn't find you in the first 30 minutes, I'm going to preach 30 minutes more. The Word of God is going to find you. The Word of God finds me. Sometimes I'm preaching the Word of God, and I go, oh, come on, Jesus? You, like, like, like for, uh, as to say, Lord, you could have waited until after the sermon to correct me. Come on. The Word of God will find you. And if the Word of God finds you, it doesn't mean that the speaker is picking on you. Wow. It doesn't mean that. But Jesus tells us, he who is greatest among us shall be your servant, and who have exalts himself will be humble. So I don't want to exalt myself. He says, he says, you will be humble, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So I'm just looking for some people being exalted around here. I'm looking for some people in this audience to be exalted. Now, let me show you something, because I believe that, that many uh, Christians are wrongheaded. All right? I'm not trying to be negative, but I am dealing with negatives. There's a difference in being negative and dealing with negatives. Some people are negative. I am not. I'm very positive. I'll have 50 scriptures and think I can get them done in 30 minutes. I'm positive. <laughs> yes, not positive for COVID-19. All right, but I am positive. Danger of trusting one's own righteousness. I'm going to read the scripture from Luke chapter 18. There are so many of us who trust in our own righteousness. The scripture says, also he spoke a parable or this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous 
and despised others. So they trusted in themselves that they were righteous, but they despised others. Now, you don't want to do that. Trust in yourself. Trust in yourself. Oh, I know I'm doing all these things, um, but they despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee, and the other, a tax collector. Now, that's like saying two people went up to, uh, to the temple to pray, and one was a, a nice believer, saved, sanctified, and all of that, and the other one was a heathen. That's what it was like saying. The other was heathen. So this is what we know. Sometimes heathen come to church. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is moving them. He's in the world to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Yes. And so sometimes they come to church. So let's just say they, these two different people came to church. You see, because there are a lot of Christians who are pharisaical. Pharisaical. Now let's see, see how the Pharisee uh, comported himself. The Pharisee stood and prayed uh, in this way to himself. God, I thank you. Can you believe? I thank you that I am not like other men. I thank you that I'm not like other men. Extortionists. Unjust. Adulterous. Or even like this tax collector, this heathen over here. We have that pharisaical mentality. It's, a, it's in the church. Yeah, we walk around like we are all that. Walk right by the poor little brother or sister who would love to just shake your hand. Now, in the, in the, in the era of coronavirus, we can also give an elbow bump, but you won't even give your elbow to that little brother or sister. That's not right, brothers and sisters. It's not right. You're doing well in society because your investments in the world system are paying off for you in this life. But are you investing? You say, well, I invest in the kingdom too. But, you, but sometimes it's a good thing to invest in the kingdom of God. I mean, it, it's an amazing thing to invest in the kingdom of God. We should all be investing in the kingdom of God every day of our lives, not just in our monetary gifts, but in our lives and giving our lives. You know, but we, we want to invest there because Jesus says that's the place where moth and, and, and rust don't corrupt things and thieves do not break in and steal. So you're doing well to do that. But don't hold the kingdom of God in this hand and the world in this hand and think you're pleasing God. That is not, case, that, that is not the case. If you want to be great, you're going to have to let go of the world. Amen? Listen to what this man did. This man, this Pharisee had eye trouble. And I find that Christians who have eye trouble, I don't mean people who are wearing glasses like me, but I did this, I did that, I, I, I. He says, he says, I, um, I thank you that I am not like other men. He tells what the, 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 that is. And he says, I fast twice a week. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. I, I. And the tax collector standing afar off, the heathen that came to church stood afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I, I'm a sinner. I betrayed my people. I've done all kinds of wickedness. Would you help me, God? This is what Jesus says. 
I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. So what Jesus is saying that the hypocrite who comes to church, who, who is all puffed up and, and, and has a nice presentable facade, it's all veneer. And he says, he's not justified. He is not declared righteous. He did not go home declared righteous. But the man who said, I don't have any righteousness, he says, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone, not some of us, but everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is what God says. The, re the Pharisee relied on what he had done. The tax collector relied on who God is. Which are you? Which are you? The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man. In Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Now, wouldn't it be a terrible thing that, that we, we lived our lives with one foot in the house of God and the other foot in the world? We never really fully embraced the world, but though we were worldly, and we never fully embraced the things of God, and we died and go to hell. That would be terrible. A man, also in, in Proverbs 18.1, he says, now, now before I go to 18.1, he says in 14.12, he says, there's a way that seems right to a man. What that means is there are a lot of believers, even today, who you think you're right because you only associate with people who think like you for the most part. You, you associate with people who think like you, who act like you, who believe like you. So that's why that you get caught in this warped thing. You think you're right. There's a way that seems right to a man. I have all kinds of friends. I have friends, uh, and they're really my true friends, uh, who uh, differ from me politically, what I think ought to be happening. They differ from me. They differ from me socially. Yeah, we don't live in the same neighborhood. Yeah, but they're still friends of mine. See, I have to associate with all kinds of people so that I get, I get fed all kinds of things. I don't just isolate myself because the Bible says in, in Proverbs 18.1, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. So if I just have friends who just like me, they're from my same race, they're from uh, my same culture, they're from, they're from my same nation, they're from my same uh, denomination, whew, the Bible says I'm seeking my own desire. And he rages against all wise judgment. So he, he knows what he thinks, he knows what he believes, and he has people around him, or she has people around her to fulfill her own prophecy. Yeah. Let me say. Let me say. Yeah, I love Jesus, right? We have left God, and we have left, we have left God, and we have left his righteousness. That's the church I see in this America. We have followed our own inclinations. We have isolated ourselves. You know, uh, I, I would dare say that around the world, uh, you don't find, uh, around America rather, let me say around America, you don't find this kind of preaching much because everything is a therapy session. It's a therapy session. Go ahead and get a good massage. Oh, that feels good. Just keep doing it, Pastor. Just keep doing it, you know. We don't tell you the truth. 
you know, you, listen, your bones are degenerative. They are degenerating. You know, come on. This massage is not going to help you except make you feel good right now, but you are in for a lot of pain. You've got something bigger than just a sore muscle. Come on. If we've got to be great, we've got to change our attitude. We, we, we need to associate with the humble. How many, how many of us have real humble friends? Come on. We have people that nobody want, uh, no one wants to be around. I just check myself. Sometimes I sit down and talk to people who tell me the same thing over and over and over. I just sit down and talk to them. Had somebody and do have somebody who, uh, who, who nobody wants to talk to this person. Nobody wants to talk to this person. I want to be great. So my wife said one day, she said, I, I make sure I talk to this person and I give this person my time and I return phone calls to this person. I said, you're not leaving me behind. I want to be great. So I talk to this person. And I'm always talking. Sometimes I don't, can't get the phone, but I'll call back. Hey, so-and-so, th thank you so much for calling me. How are you? Oh, Pastor, I just wanted to hear your voice. Isn't that amazing? I just wanted to hear your voice. Well, are you all right? I, I don't need anything. I just wanted to hear your voice. Thank you, Pastor. Wow. This person will call you at the most inconvenient times, but it's all right. In Romans 10, 1 through 3, Paul says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them record, Paul says, I bear them record, I am their witness, I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. They are eager for God, but it's not God's knowledge that is informing them. They don't know God. For they being ignorant, unaware of, God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. At the first coming of Jesus, uh, uh, the leaders of Israel had created a man-made righteousness. Isn't that sad? They were the people of God, had the oracles of God, the sayings of God. They had the law. They had the temple, God's dwelling place. And they created a man-made righteousness and they followed their own traditions. That is why they would not or could not submit themselves to the righteousness of God. They did not recognize their God when he came. They rejected God's prophets, and they gathered to themselves their own. They did not recognize Jesus nor give him his rightful place. We're in danger today. We're in danger today, church, of not giving Jesus his rightful place in our lives and in the church because we have been co-opted by a religious system that says you can have the world and Jesus. Many of our well-known leaders in, Amer in America, Christian leaders, supposedly Christian leaders, or say such ungodly things, and there are Christians who apologize for it, say, well, we don't know what they really mean. I know. The Bible knows. The Holy Spirit knows. You see, brethren, I hope you love me, but brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for America is that they may be saved. For I bear them 
record. I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, they have not submitted to the righteousness of God. We have left God and his righteousness. We have followed our own inclinations. Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, the Scripture says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The righteousness of God in him. See, heaven is is so different than the world system. The world system that many of us as believers are always trying to preserve. Listen to me, Americans. We are always trying to preserve this entity called America, and I love America. So don't, mis- don't, don't misjudge me. I love this nation. But I think I love the people I love the ideals. You see, years ago I studied a book that the city is the people. The city is not the buildings, not the streets. It's the people. So when I pray, I pray for the people that they may be saved and that the the, the enemy will lose his grip. You see, Jesus, heaven is different. Jesus is different. His kingdom is unshakable. It is filled with the spirit of Christ. It is ruled by a servant, Jesus Christ, ruled by the king. Jesus is king over all the earth, all over the universe. And this is amazing, believers. Listen, this is amazing. He's the first king that we know of who didn't send an army to die for him. He died for his army. This is amazing. And then he rose again to make sure that we were declared forever righteous. Angels and the redeemed don't worship God because he demands it. I've heard people say, well, you, got, you need to worship God. God's got to be praised, and he, he needs it. No. They don't worship angels and the redeemed don't worship God because he demands it, but because he is worthy of it. That's why, they, that's why we worship. He is deserving of it. When you die for your, 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 your people who really are not worth dying for, I mean, that, I know that's graphic, and some of you will repudiate it, but that's how I see it. Because sin had marred everything about us, and he still died for us. So you see, angels have observed Jesus, Jesus and the Father and his mighty acts for millennia after millennia. And he remains the same. Satan accused him a long time ago, lied on him. But the angels have seen him for millennia after millennia, and he remains the same. And that's what he wants of us, beloved. He wants us to be the same way. He has this purpose of populating heaven. And he's, he has desired to populate 
heaven with people that is, who are like him. So the Father's desire is for heaven to be just like Jesus. Those who are born of God, see, they're born by the Spirit of God, so Jesus is born by the Spirit of God. Those who are gentle and lowly in heart, like Jesus. Those who express and are filled with the love of God. Not human love, but the love of God. Those who are peace bearers. People of peace. Yes, always looking to make peace, not war. People who are long-suffering, that is patient. Those who can put up with stuff. Those who are kind, always kind. All goodness. Those who are faithful. Those who love the downtrodden. Those who are filled with gentleness. Those who are, who are self-controlled. These are overcomers. These are the overcomers that he's looking for. Let me read something, and I will, I will finish the message today. Psalm 113, verses 5 through 9, Psalm 113. The, the psalmist asked this question. Who is like the Lord our God? Who is like the Lord our God? Who dwells on high. Now listen. Who humbles himself to behold the things that are in the heavens and in the earth. It's what we call the great condescension, that God, who is greater than anything created, humbles himself to live in the created world. He, he fills it, and he transcends it, but he humbles himself. This is humility. That's why God resists the proud. So if you're proud, God is resisting you. A lot of people who don't have jobs are proud people. Forgive me for saying that so starkly. You're proud. Well, I don't want to do that. My daddy taught me that there was no work that was dishonorable work. These hands have done some of everything, all kinds of work, with a college degree, working on a master's, working with these hands in dirty things, oil things. Come on. He humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven and earth. He raises the poor out of the dust, this is God, and lifts the needy out of the ash heap that he may, may seat him, may seat him with princes, with the princes of his people. This is what I want you to know, is that this is what God is doing around the earth. And believers, if you don't want to associate with the poor, who are in the dust. Somebody said recently, dust rises. And you're going to see dust rising. And the needy from the ash heap. And what does he say? And I'm going to seat them with princes. This is the word of God for all of us. Let's humble ourselves under the hand of God, the mighty hand of God, that he might exalt us in due season. Father, I want to pray today, and I'm going to bless you and thank you for this word, and thank you for the extended word. And thank you, Lord God, for those who are in our audience today. I ask you to, to heal them of their sin. Uh, you said that the word is near us. It is in our heart. It is the word which we preach that if one would confess with his mouth or her mouth 
the Lord Jesus is to say, Jesus, help me, is a, is a salvation prayer. Just Jesus, help me. Jesus, I don't know what to do, Jesus. Oh, God. Lord, those who say that are confessing with their mouth the Lord Jesus. And, and I pray the day that they would believe in their heart that you raised him from the dead. I believe that. And you give a promise, you will be safe. You will be safe. Thank you, Father. And I say to this audience today, those who just came to you and those who want to come to you, if you don't decide to obey God, you decide to disobey him. If you don't decide to obey God, you decide to disobey him. I bless them in Jesus' name.
uh, for us, and she wants to share something with us before we're gone today. Aren't you glad to have her? I'm glad to have her. Amen. Well, uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, it's just so good to be here today and to hear this powerful message that, believe me, was straight from the heart of God. You know, I, I do all I know to do. I really try to do all I know to do, knowing that I'm not perfect. But what I'm hearing God say, what I'm hearing the Lord say today is he wants us all closer. For me, he was saying, come up here. I want you to meet me in this place. Follow me to this place. Join me in this word. Meek, lowly, teachable, and righteous. Very convicting. Oh, how I'm such a church girl. God says <laughs> he wants us to be like Jesus. He's not finished with any of us yet. And we say this all the time in this house. And God is able to make all grace yeah. abound toward you. Yeah. Whatever you need to get there, yeah. whatever you need to get here, God is able to make all grace, all goodness, all strength, all, all willingness abound toward you more than enough, more than enough to come to you to help you get there, help me get there. All grace to do whatever he's asking you to do. People of God. When he tells us to do something, the enablement rides on that word. Sure does. Ah. In his presence, no excuses. Because he's made all grace abound. Not just barely enough, but abound. Superabundance. I hear you, Lord. I heard you. Yeah. I'm saying, have mercy on me. Help me, Jesus. Give me understanding. Continue to draw me close. I want to see you as you are. I want to meet you in every place you show me. So I thank you for the word today, Pastor. I thank you for Amen. the word today. Amen. People of God, the word of God. People of God, the word of God for us today. Amen. Word of God for the people of God. Thank you. Thank Amen. you so and, much. And you're so welcome. And thank thank you. you so much. Thank you for sharing Amen. those words as well. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Let me just say to everybody that from my childhood, I've, I've loved God. I've not always followed him correctly. I've made more mistakes or as many mistakes as you have. And I've probably done some of the same things that you've done, whatever they are. You know, I've been wrong-headed in my life, but I love God. I love Jesus, and I always want to do what he says. Amen. And it's always my desire to not hurt you, but to help you. And if I hurt you, it's always unintentional. And I want you to know that it's never intentional. I, I, I hear a lot of talk from, from the church I hear sometimes more believers saying, I love America, than I hear them saying, I love Jesus. 
And that bothers me. I mean, I'm just going to be straight up with you. And I hear them saying that more than I hear them saying, I love the church. You see, I love what God loves. And I'm sold out of that. And, and so, no, it doesn't sound good. It's here. Hallelujah. That, that was the devil. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so that was the devil. What happened if, in the audience, if you didn't hear it, uh, uh, my phone uh, picked up my voice, was over there. And so, so Siri decided she would direct us to McDonald's on Saratoga. And I said, yeah. Not that, today. Yeah, that's Not just, today. The, just the devil. Hallelujah. <laughs> so thank you. But anyway, let us go. We're going to give the, you the blessing today. I want to, again, thank this wonderful praise team. Thank our, our television people, awesome. our camera people they, they're, awesome. who are so faithful, and uh, the ushers, uh, uh, the mushlers who are, uh, gathered our ush, ush, uh, ushers and greeters together. Uh, this wonderful praise team, again, all of you, those of you who came, part of the staff, we love you and appreciate you. Amen. Now let us uh, give the blessing. Repeat after me. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord bless you and keep the you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord be gracious to the you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance And the Lord upon give you. you his peace. And the Lord give you his in peace. Jesus name, in Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. I bless you. We bless you. Amen. Amen. Amen.